Hello, Loose Log Nation, and welcome to episode 23 of Loose Logs, presented by Double L Sports Network. Lauren Leach, your host once again here, and as usual, joined by Mark. Mark, how you doing, buddy? Hi, buddy. How are you doing this morning? Hey, number 23, huh? How about uh, Smoking Joe, you know, with Jimmy Spencer back in the day, you know? He was... uh, Pretty popular, twenty three. Um, yeah, you know that uh, no bull twenty three. You're right, Jimmy Spencer. That was, uh, you know, that's one of the iconic cars for my childhood. That's one that I remember. Yeah, it was pretty cool, and it was Winston colors too. It was red and white. Uh, Mister Excitement, Jimmy Spencer. Yeah, yeah, that's good stuff there, buddy. Uh, brings back a lot of fond memories of the late nineties, early two thousands racing. Yeah, locally, you know, uh, Jay Vandergeest and, uh, you know, Levon's coming up through the ranks. Vandergeest is, through their family tree, is actually related to my wife, so up there in Merrill. So uh, waiting for Levon to get into a super late, start tearing up the tracks here in Wisconsin. So there's another twenty up-and-coming 23. Yeah, absolutely. It's a kid with a lot of talent, uh, wins a lot of races. Uh, is currently leading the Midwest Truck Series points just based on consistency and getting it done. So, yeah, he's uh, he's a kid that we'll be watching for a while. Yeah, you can see the talent in him uh, for sure. Yeah, he's got the talent. He'll be good coming up through the ranks. Absolutely. Well, let's get into some NASCAR action here. We had the road course at Daytona two weekends ago. Uh, we'll start with the Truck Series race here, the Gander Out- Outdoors Truck Series. And Zane Smith started on the pole there, but he had an outstanding start, but he completely missed the first turn. Oh, along with everybody else, <laughs> everybody just followed him. And, uh, yeah, nobody knows where the uh, where their marks are, so made it very interesting <laughs> to start the race, yeah. Yeah, so Moffitt took the lead there after Zane missed it. Uh, Moffitt almost missed the chicane there, but he was able to make it. Uh, he only lost time there. He was still able to keep the lead. Derek Krause had an issue going through the grass and the bus stop. Uh, Matt Crafton was to his inside there. That played a little bit of a role. Uh, they mentioned this, Mark, too. Ben Rhodes was racing a truck that was 15 years old. Um, it won a pole for Matt Crafton in 2005. It ran, uh, won a race in 2009 for Johnny Sauter. That had me absolutely shocked when I heard that. Got their money's worth out of that one, huh? <laughs> they built that one pretty good. So yeah. Um, who knows? Sometimes, uh, they build them just right and take them out, shake the dust off of them and see what they got. Good deal. Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But uh, Moffitt goes on to win stage one. Uh, Hosevar and Mark Smith, the teammates, had a had a, a caution there late in stage one that ended that one. Uh, Christian Eckes was going to lead going back to green. Johnny Sauter had an issue in the bus stop. Matt Crafton took the lead for a while. Uh, Christian Eckes ended up spinning, and Zane Smith really had nowhere to go. He he yeah. lost a ton of ground there. Yeah, when you said Brett Moffat won the first stage, uh, hey, number 23. So, yeah, we're still on the 23th uh, theme here. 
Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, so a lot of people had some penalties, especially in the bus stop. And, you know, one that surprised me was Matt Crafton. He went off, and really all four tires, it was an unforced error, went off, and they didn't give him a penalty. How did you see that one, Mark? Because I, I have my notes here, no penalty with a question mark and exclamation point because I really thought a penalty was coming there. Um. Yeah, I I don't really too much remember that one there, buddy. So uh, um, I guess I can't comment on it. I don't remember the incident. I'm looking at my notes here, and uh, hmm. Um, when it comes to penalties, um, yeah, I kind of have a little bit of issue about being consistent this year. Uh, we can get into that a little bit later. Yeah, I uh, all four tires often. The commentators were saying, well, I have no problem with the penalty. But, you know, earlier in the race, Derek Krause went off and he stopped because he thought he was going to get a penalty. It's a very similar situation. I don't understand. You know, that's that's the issue with the inconsistency, right, is Derek Krause loses a ton of time because he stops because he believes he's going to get a penalty. Crafton keeps going. And if Crafton would have received the penalty, that would have been a huge one because he wouldn't have had to stop there. He would have had to gone down uh, pit road. So I was shocked by that, but it is what it is. We'll, we'll move on from it. NASCAR made their decision. It's not like, you know, you go through the grass and it's a big enough penalty. You could have grass on the grill. You lose some time there. So, um, you know, there were some things going on that maybe the commentators didn't know, didn't let the fans know. So, uh, nothing came of it, but I was just surprised based on what the commentators were, were saying there. Uh, but Sheldon Creed was able to take the lead and, and got by uh, Rafael Lassard, who was leading for a little bit. Crafton uh, had uh, had that issue when uh, Creed got by. Uh, but then remember, Mark, Sheldon Creed thought the stage was over and he slowed down for a long time and almost let Austin Hill get by. Yeah, <laughs> all of a sudden there was a little lack of communication there. Like, I think his crew was yelling at him, go, go, still got a lap to go yet, so. Yeah, the spot, his spotter actually took responsibility for that and said lost count of it. So, boy, that, that could be big because there's a playoff point sitting out there, and he had it won by a long shot, and he had a fight for that one, ended up uh, going to him, but not, not something you want to do. One point is one point. It could matter at the end of the year. Absolutely. We've seen that in the past. You know, some people tie in, in one of those playoffs things and advance due to a finish. So that point would be huge. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's how it works. Uh, every point matters. Uh, so Lassard was leading for a little bit. He and Tagliani make contact. Alex Tagliani made his start on, on the Daytona road course here. Um, Tagliani got the worst of it. He ended up falling back into the, uh, back end of the top five. And, you know, Ty Majeski, he was up, he was up in the top five for a while too. And we were kind of excited seeing, uh, seeing that. And then, uh, Michael Waltrip mentioned Carson Hosefar, who was in the top 10, had a pretty good day going. And right after he mentioned him, they actually showed and and there he was spun out Hosefar. So maybe the commentator jinx there. Yeah, I, I think there might have been – I don't know if the heat was actually getting to them. Um, after they uh, – later on when they had Hosevar and they were taking him to the ambulance and he looked wore out, uh, could hardly walk. He looked like he was pretty used up. 
Yeah, it was a very hot day there, and we'll get into that in a little bit here. Uh, lots of people had some issues, and Carson looked, yeah, you're right. He looked absolutely drained. Um, but Moffitt was able to get by Crafton, who was leading for a little bit. Uh, Klagerman got pushed out in the grass a little bit, and, and he went around, so he lost a ton of ground, a guy who was having a good day. He actually came back and got back inside the, the top ten, but – you know, Christian Eckes has a problem in the bus stop. Alex Tagliani had a uh, tire rub. Tide goes around. Um, Moffitt actually got front damage. And then uh, Derek Krause brought out a caution with five to go when he was stopped on the track. You know, that bus stop back there, that was, uh, you know, uh, tear, tearing up that inside of that uh, bus stop on the corner. You know, <laughs> it was a challenge for all competitors all day long. Yes, it was. Yes. Um, so then Creed and Moffitt bring them back to green here. Uh, Natalie Decker and Carson Hosevar go around, and that's when I think you saw Hosevar get out and go into the ambulance there. Um, ben Rhodes, Alex Tagliani, Klagerman all have trouble in the bus stop there. Klagerman had nowhere to go. He had to he had a stop to watch those guys go spinning. He lost a lot of ground but was able to continue. Didn't get uh, damaged from that one, just got off into the grass a little bit. Um so the caution come out, Creed got the lead on the restart again. Moffitt was right there in second, but that damage ended up uh, hampering him. And, you know, he was right on Creed, but able to get by him. Sheldon Creed takes the win, his second win of the season. Moffitt was second. Lassard got up to third. Crafton fourth. Austin Hill was your top five. Um, so interesting. It was the uh, interesting to see the trucks on the Daytona road course and – you know, here comes the heat issue. So Carson Hosevar, we mentioned it. He looked wore out. Actually, Ty was uh, taken to the hospital after the race for the extreme heat there. But he ended up being released a little while after. But it had us worried there for a lot of those people, including Ty. Yeah, I actually uh, was uh, making a little communication to find out if Ty was all right. He actually replied back to me and said he was all right a little while later. So, yeah, I, I texted him and see if he was okay and was praying for him and he came back a little bit later and said he was all right, but uh, yeah, he was uh, he was dealing with heat stroke down there. So, but uh, yeah, the heat got to, got, got to them guys. Pretty uh, hot stuff down there. And you know, with the extreme heat on a track that you don't know on a road course, you're really working your butt off, turning left, turning right, trying to keep up. Wear you out a little more than a typical oval would. Oh yeah, you're working a lot harder, and uh, uh, there's not consistent wind flow going into the vehicle. And uh, I don't know if they had the right right. I suppose they had the right window sealed off, so there's no air going in there. Um, I don't know. They they say there is some kind of air conditioning, kind of. I guess there's some technology out there or whatever. Um, there, it's been it was really talked about after that race, but uh, yeah, it uh, <laughs> it uh, was super hot for them people down there. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so let's get into the Xfinity race then here. Um, Austin Sindrick and Chase Briscoe overshoot turn one. Tell me where we heard that before. <laughs> um, so Noah Gregson was able to take the lead, but Austin Sindrick got the lead back a few corners later uh, on the backstretch there when Noah got super, super loose. Um, Chase Briscoe ended up missing a, a chicane. Again, something that we heard all weekend. Uh, Ross Chastain. 
and Justin Haley Bowl Smith, the last uh, chicane a lap later, the one that's coming to the start finish line. So, boy, um, a lot of people again missing these chicanes, having problems with it. It was uh, it was interesting to see. Well, no practice. That's what you expect. Never been on the track before, and that's that was made it why uh, <laughs> why we watched the race. So, yeah. Uh, I, I still don't understand why they can't get a little practice on there, especially a track and something demanding like that. But, uh, well, that's that's how it's called, and that's how they have to run it. Yeah, you know, you bring up a good point. I don't understand that either because you think about the Indy road course that Xfinity was on earlier in, in the year, right? And they got some practice time because it was a new road course, something they hadn't experienced before. And then you think about Daytona, same situation, but no no practice. So I don't know, again, the consistency. You know, they, they have their reasons, I'm sure, but the consistency is, as a fan is interesting. Well, maybe maybe iRacing has something to do with it, and the simulator is figuring that maybe, maybe the simulators are uh, good enough for practice, maybe in their eyes. Yeah. And so – Maybe that's the direction that uh, they uh, chose to go. Huh? Yeah, that's that's a good point too because I don't think the Indy road course is on iRacing yet, so maybe that would be why. Maybe I'm mistaken there, but yeah, that's a uh, that's a good thought too. Maybe maybe that's what they were thinking. Uh, not sure, but uh, anywho. So uh, again. Uh, Gregson misses uh, that last chicane. You know, that last chicane was interesting there. You had to really slow up for that one before coming to the start-finish line. A few guys had problems with that one. Uh, Ross Chastain ended up having a transmission failure. He was running well. Um, uh, Burton gets into Haley and and spins. Um, You know, and then Justin Haley absolutely ripped off the front end by hitting the grass in the bus stop. Um, Wow, that was a big impact. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, boom, and then it takes the front end off the car, and that was uh, that was the end of him. Well, A.J. Almendanger was on pit road when that happened and was going to be looking like he made the right call there, but the fuel can was still attached when he left, so he had a uh, uh, penalty there, unfortunately, and um, that hurt his, his day a little bit. So then it was a one-lap shoot-up for the uh, stage there. Sindrick had a good start. Hemrick got pushed into the wall. Big contact. Uh, Sindrick won the first stage. Yes, sir. And uh, <laughs> he shows, just like at Road America, how good of a road course uh, AC is. So, yeah, uh, he does really well on road courses. Yeah, he's one to watch for sure, him and Briscoe. And, you know, those guys are good on the ovals too. They're just They're just good overall drivers it's uh they're really showing it this year and um noah gregson ends up leading on the restart uh it was a good one for him but then uh earl bamber spins riley herps and gregson spins by himself after getting in the crash it was uh it was kind of wild there a caution did come out but wow you don't think those two fords had anything to do with that do you that 22 and the 98 they're the only two out there and they're rather they're kind of dominating the series Oh yeah. Hmm. Yeah. They, they, uh, I had to get that. In well, you know, you know, <laughs> yeah. you never know what will happen, but they are certainly the ones to watch as of right now, you know, the, the playoff system, 
you know, it, one bad race can can end your season. Yeah. So you never know. Well, those two are leading, and uh, right now they're they're on the top of the hill here. So we'll see where it goes. Yeah, uh, you know, and a lot of people again had problems with the the bus stop, all that stuff. Mike Wallace hit the grass on the bus stop, but got no damage. I I couldn't believe that one. Uh, super super lucky. Uh, Josh Balicki, our Wisconsin friend, he went around. Um, Cody Vanderwall went a, went around. Briscoe won the stage, uh, stage two there. He had a great battle with Cindric though. There there's those two guys are again. Yep, those two are at the top again. So. Uh, they had actually lots of contacts, you know, and the friends, and actually there was some frustration on the radio between those two. <laughs> mm, yeah, well, that's understandable, you know. They're both uh, both the same, and they've been uh, been racing together all year long. But uh, you know, this road course stuff is just uh, it's just a different animal. You know, it's different. So, um, but uh, kind of entertaining. I don't know. Um, hopefully, hopefully this doesn't take off. And then they take uh, Road America away. We don't. We don't want to see that. So, yeah, it'll be interesting what happens with the schedule that's soon to come out. Well, I hope not. Um, I wouldn't think they would take Road America away. I got to think that's one of their biggest crowds and pulls of the year. But uh, if that was being discussed, that would that would have me worried a little bit. But hopefully. They keep on going. You know, it was uh, interesting to see him do this for the first time. You know, another guy that went through the grass on the bus stop, Earl Bamber, he did it one lap, didn't have any damage, and he does it again, and he almost flipped over. It was a big, big impact from that grass. And and we've seen a few guys, but that was the biggest one of the weekend. Yeah. (laughs) All of a sudden that splitter digs in, and then uh, on you go. You're uh, supposed to keep it on the racetrack. That makes it easier that way, huh? (laughs) Yeah. Well, then, uh, so that brought out the caution, and here was the the big thing of the day that had people talking. The top ten or so drivers all overdrive the corner. Uh, Preston Pardis spins into the wall. Big wreck in the turn one. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, the whole top ten they were all gauging off each other, and off they went a little wide. Yeah. <laughs> Good thing that they got enough room there to get around there, you know, and then they all had to funnel back in to get back down onto the track. So, but, uh, hey, they all did rather well. Uh, you know, a little rub in there, but uh, all in all, yeah, it was something how they all gauge off of each other and uh, made it kind of comical, but uh, <laughs> it was what it was. Yeah, well, uh, Jones ended up taking the lead away from Cindric, but Cindric takes it back a few corners later. Um, just Justin Elgeyer gets spun by uh, AJ Allmendinger, and they had some words after the race. You know, AJ accepted fault, but Elgeyer claimed he was wrecked before by AJ, and I think that was a lot of frustration from the season coming out of Justin as well. Well, AJ, you know, they even got a mic in there, and he, he said he wheel hopped, and uh, he went in that corner hot and um, didn't stick, and he got into him. And you know, once when you get taken out like that. Uh, and you don't understand what happened until you watch the video. But, uh, yeah, Justin Allgaier's frustrations of the year are, uh, was kind of showing after that race there. Yeah, and, and rightfully so. You know, AJ did spin him, so um, understandable. But uh, was having a, a better day. He still ended up inside the top ten. But 
How about Austin Sindrick? He wins five out of six, six races. There's only one person that have done that previously, Sam Ard. How about that? That's a long time ago. So, yeah, five out of six. He's uh, pretty hot. So, yep. kudos to Austin Sindrick. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's the hot driver right now. And, you know, you talk about Briscoe a little bit. You know, Briscoe was hot earlier, but since Sindrick won, you know, Briscoe's won all his races before Sindrick won his first. Since Sindrick started winning, Briscoe hasn't won any. So Sindrick is definitely the driver right now. Yes, sir. You know, this is the time time for him to shine right now. So, but uh, that could all change real fast. Yep. Yep. Uh, so Brandon Jones was second, Noah Gregson third, AJ Allmendinger fourth, Brett Moffitt fifth. Um, the uh, top five there, you know, some road course ringers in there, some good guys. You kind of expect those guys to be at the front. Yeah. All here. So that uh, doesn't, doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. Justin Elgeyer was ninth there. So he was able to still finish inside the top 10, but had a better day going before that incident. Uh, but that's part of racing, you know, that's that's part of it. Yeah. So, well, once again, you know, no practice, road course, never been there before. Uh, entertaining race. Uh, it was worth watching. So, and, uh, and then we move on. Yeah. Uh, so then we had the Cup Series there as well the next day. And um, uh, stage one went to Chase Elliott. Stage two goes to Denny Hamlin. And Chase Elliott takes the win. You know, if you're really thinking about guys that have been running well on the road course, Chase Elliott. Uh, I think there's only one road course he hasn't won yet, and it's uh, Sonoma. He's won at the Glen a few times, uh, the Roval, and now the Daytona road course. So he's, you know, he's got a pretty good drive on those road courses. Um, not only the ovals, but the road courses. He's one to watch there in the Cup Series. Well, his dad won on Riverside when he started his career, and he was on a road course. So maybe, uh, maybe it runs in the family there. Yeah, Chase Elliott. Sure can uh, seem to get around on road courses. He's uh, he's uh, done what three in a row now. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, with the uh, the Glen, the Roval, and then here. Yeah, because they didn't do the, the Glen or Sonoma this year. So I th- yeah, that's three in a row yeah. for him. So, uh, man, kudos to him. That's uh, that's pretty incredible. Yeah, yeah. So. Um... If you are in a pool and it's a road course, uh, <laughs> he's the one that's hot nowadays. So that's uh, that's probably a good pick to take on a road course. Yeah, <laughs> no no doubt there. Um, well, how about Kaz Grala as well in this one? Because he had to take over for Austin Dillon, who unfortunately tested positive for COVID-19. And he finishes seventh in the three car. And that was pretty impressive. That's very impressive. That is, yeah, that is impressive. Yeah, in a car he's never drove before, a track he's never seen, and finishes seventh there. You know, there was another driver that was in the running for the three car, but they said over the year that Kaz Grala has really cemented himself as the driver to replace someone if they have an issue, and it showed right there. We know we've always 
uh, watched Cascarell and knew that he had a ton of talent, but that day really showed it. Well, it's must be affiliated with uh, RCR now. So, but the, and, and this uh, would actually solidify it. So, yep, good run by Cas. Yep, and you you know you see him in the Xfinity series and the twenty one Richard Childress Racing Machine occasionally as well. So we'll see what happens with him. I think uh, that impressed a lot of people, and we'll see if people jump on board and maybe he gets a a Cup ride or a full time Xfinity ride again. So uh, would be good to see. Um, Denny Hamlin was your second place finisher again, having a great year. Uh, he led some laps. Uh, Martin Shrex was third, Jimmy Johnson fourth, and Chris Busher was fifth. You know, we thought we might see a surprise winner. This was a track that no one really knew, but you know, Chase Elliott, Denny Hamlin, Martin Shrex, some of the big hitters were at the front again. Yeah, you know, Chris Busher, we uh seen him win at Road America, so uh, he uh, he's a road course, he knows how to get around. And uh, Jimmy Johnson, you know, give him credit. He uh, he sure gets away and gets around road courses still. So, you know, he ended up a fourth place. Good finish for him also. Yeah, I was thinking he was going to be one to watch at Daytona as well because you think about the Roval, and he could have won uh, that first one there. He got into Martin Shrex after he wheel hopped in that last, uh, last chicane there and got into Truex and they both went around and Blaney takes the win after he was running third. And he's one to watch on the road course as well, at least the Rovals anyway. Yep. He's uh he's an ace on the road courses. And then, uh, Hey, about earlier in the race when Kyle Busch not only blew one back tire out, he blew both of them out on the back stretch and he knows it into the wall and his, uh, his luck <laughs> continues his 2020 luck for Kyle Busch continues on. Yeah, you know, uh, what a rough day. What a rough day. And then he ran um, a lot of the race. Yeah, I think he finished 53 laps here and ended up nosing in the wall that ended his day. But he had a ride around for a long time on uh, not a such car, such good car. And that's a long day when you're doing that. Yeah, he's a, he's a wheel man, but you can't drive it with both back tires blown out of her. So <laughs> that was uh, that was that was the end of him that day. So yeah, his luck continues. Yeah, yeah, his twenty twenty is is no good. Uh, so Mark, what did you think of the Daytona Road Course, and would you like to see it back on the schedule? Um, hey, let's get through Daytona this weekend, and I'll give you a I'll give you a better answer next week. Uh, like I say. It would be a shame. You know, we can only have so many road courses on the schedule, and it seems like, you know, it's popular and they're leading that way. Uh, we all want short track racing. Everybody's screaming for that. Um, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of comments once when the new schedule comes out. Um, if they turn around and they got Daytona and left Road America sitting off to the side, it would be downright disappointing. Um, I think it would be probably better racing if you would give them people a little bit of practice. I mean, a half hour is asking too much, you know, just to make sure that things don't rub up and things are running right and at least get the feel for the track. I mean, it'll be better next time there that they've all have experience there, but uh, there's some things that we just don't understand. So all in all, um, for no practice and racing in the heat and everything like that, it was a good event. It was worth watching. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing it back on the schedule. Um, but not at an expense at a road America or a different one. You know, you have to be careful, like you said, about adding too many road courses. 
you would go back to the late 90s, early 2000s when, you know, mile and a half really started becoming a thing and people like the close finishes. And now people are clamoring that there's too many of them. So you don't want to do that. You want to keep it at a good amount where people still crave it. And I wouldn't mind seeing this one on the schedule, but that would mean you're going to Daytona probably three times because you want to keep the 500, you want to keep the 400. So we'll see what happens. I, I don't know. I wouldn't mind seeing it on the schedule, but that means a track on the current schedule would have to be taken, take either taken away or one that we race at twice would be taken away. So I, I heme and hawed at it, right? I, I liked it, but we'll see what happens. I guess I wouldn't be heartbroken if it was left off, but I'd be okay with it if it was left on. But you got to remember also the Bush or the Bud shootout next year starts the season on the road course there. So they will be running that track again. Yeah, that's true. And maybe that's where it should be left is uh, that off season race. That way they're doing something different and not taken away or anything like that from other tracks. So maybe that's where it should be left. That's probably exactly where it's going to land. So, and then we'll keep our road America going up here. So um, that's my prediction. Sounds good to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, me too. Uh, so penalties from the weekend, uh, only the four of Kevin Harvick and Martin Truex Jr. Had loose, loose, loose lugs. Right. Yep. Again. All right. Um, so then we uh, get into the uh, Dover weekend this past weekend. We had five NASCAR races there, Mark. Um, one truck series, one, uh, two Xfinity, and two Cup. Um, stage one for the truck series goes to the 16 of Austin Hill. Zane Smith wins stage two, and Zane Smith wins his second race of the year. And this is a guy who's really coming on here. Yeah, Zane Smith, he's got talent, too. He's got a good ride with him also. Um, so, um, you know, the truck race, when they started that race out, it, that track was just so clean. Um, they had a little rubber on it from the ARCA race, but they run general tires, so it's a different rubber compound that was on there. And then uh, they didn't put no awesome sauce on the track either. Um, so it was uh, – I'm sure that's quite challenging when you got such a green racetrack to start out there with no practice. Oh, yeah, and you talk about maybe it's dirty. You know, you saw Kentucky where it was unbelievably dirty. You don't know. You're going off into turn one not knowing what to expect there. Um, and even if a series with the same tire compound would go on, you still don't know what to expect, right? Are you driving in too hard? Is the track still dirty from the previous day? <laughs> you have no clue, and it's it's been interesting. Yeah. You know, and right away, you know, the first restart or the first uh, caution, Ty was a Ty Majeski was a lap down right off the bat. I don't know if what the, what the instance was on what happened there of how he ended up a lap down on the first caution. I must have had to do some major adjustment or whatever. He got his lap back later in the later in the race, but it was just strange, like 11 laps in and you're looking like he's down a lap already and just like, mm. so that uh, was kind of concerning. Um, how about early? How about uh, Derek Krause? I mean, holy smokes. He uh, was really cruising around uh, Dover. Yeah, you know, in, in stage two, he finishes second. So he's a guy that you and I have kind of talked about here off air. And, boy, he's he's been impressive. 
and and he's in the playoff picture right now. You know, that's how well he's been running. You know, yeah, he uh, he led a few laps there, and he got taken at the end. Didn't get to watch the end of it because uh, they cut in on TV with a weather warning that was uh, what 120 miles away. And I and I I was yelling in one room, and my wife was really, and I'm going, you know, <laughs> I I had a little meltdown. I wanted to see the end of that, and uh, um, so I didn't uh, get to see the end of the stage. Uh, Zane Smith somehow got around got around him and uh, beat him on the second stage, but uh, <laughs> uh, damn. And then, you know, Derek Krause, he lost seven positions on that uh, pit um, after that pit. And that, that cost him the race. He, he fell from second to ninth after that. And uh, hmm, yeah, that killed his day. Yeah. So Derek still finishes with a top 10. He was able to lead, nine laps uh so imp- another impressive day out of him um you know matt craft in second brett moffitt third todd gillen uh top four there uh ben rhodes was your top five johnny Sauter. we talked about him you know we talked about you yeah johnny Sauter. There, there's a race fan back there <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> yeah no one wants to talk racing all the time here so uh yeah what do you think about johnny huh yeah, we like him. Yeah, Johnny um, won three Johnny, in a row there, you know. So everybody was clamoring for Johnny to do well, you know, and they, all eyes were kind of on him, especially when he wins three in a row there. But uh, yeah, he finished with a sixth place out of there. Yeah, and, you know, we talked about who do you expect to get into the playoffs that's outside of the playoff picture right now. And I had mentioned Johnny Sauter, and I thought Dover – would be where he got it done. He can run well at Worldwide Technology Raceway at Gateway too, but I thought he would get it done at Dover. And he had a good day, but it wasn't his normal Dover day. Yeah, yeah, that's true. He was he was above average. How's that? Um, never got really got the track position to get up there and make it work. Yeah, um, so he finishes sixth there. Ankrum was seventh. Austin Hill, eighth. Stuart Friesen gets into the top ten. There's a guy who needs those finishes. Rough year for him. And um, Man, Zane Smith, again, he, he takes the win, and he's really coming on there. You know, uh, another thing that happened was Chandler Smith spun when he got to the inside of his teammate, Christian Eckes, and he collected Rhodes and Creed. And right now they're doing the trip, the three-race $50,000 deal. And Creed was going for that. And uh, he gets involved in that incident, and that kind of ruined ruined his day there. And Ben Rhodes was having a good day too, and that affected him. He still ended up coming back to fifth place, but uh, they had to do some major adjustments to get that vehicle back <laughs> to get the top five. I was surprised Ben Rhodes did, but uh, um, Sheldon Creed he didn't go nowhere after that. He had he had too much damage from that incident. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then let's get into the first uh, race for the Xfinity Series here. Um, Austin Sindrick wins the first stage, Justin Elgeyer the second stage, and Justin Elgeyer wins his first race of the season um, with the uh, FFA car. Um, you know, my wife was in the FFA back in her high school days, so um, that was pretty cool seeing him take the win, not, not only because of the season he's been having, but to have those colors on the car too and he was pretty ecstatic. Did you see all the finishes he's had there lately? Third, 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 you know, and seconds. And, you know, he, he dominates Dover. And so um, not much of a surprise that he actually pulled that out. 
Um, yeah, he's run a lot of good races there at Dover. Yeah, he, he's one to watch there. You know, uh, Austin Sindrick was second. Ross Chastain comes back after his rough Daytona race. He finishes third. Noah Gregson fourth. Harrison Burton is your top five there. Um, Chase Briscoe, he finishes 10th, but he had an issue on the backstretch there. He spun off a of turn two and, and hit the inside wall. You know, yeah, Sendrick, he, he dominated the first stage. But when Briscoe spun and he hit the, you know, he put the nose into the inside wall, it shows that composite body. You know, later on, you know, in the cup race, uh, Kurt Busch did the same thing and in the in the cup race that we'll talk about. And, and it folded up the front end on it, and he was done for the day. But that composite body that they use on the Xfinity Series, um, as hard as he hit that wall, the front end was still um, capable of still running. Uh, it ruined the spoiler, and the right front was laying down on it, but it still could run. And so there's something about that composite body that they use in the Xfinity series that's uh, quite interesting. Yeah, and actually, uh, Chase Briscoe did not lead a single lap uh, in the first race there. So kind of surprising, but he did have that issue there. Um, But, you know, he... uh, he made up for it in race two. Um, (laughs) He... uh, the first stage goes to Ross Chastain, the second stage to Chase Briscoe, and he takes the win. Um, so definitely made up for it in, in race two here. Yeah. Um, I was going to talk about um, in that first race how they have these uh, crazy cautions when they nobody even wrecks. Um, you know, there was a BS caution on uh, when B.J. McLeod just got up high and he didn't even touch the wall and he threw the caution. And then later on in the race, uh, the 19. You know, all of a sudden, he uh, he ended up getting loose down low in two, and he threw a caution real quick and just like, what are you doing here? And uh, I got frustrated with these uh, um, quick knee-jerk cautions, and uh, kind of the first race, it kind of got me irritated about that. So at, that's enough of the, the first <laughs> the first race that I had an issue with. So now, uh, now, now I'll talk about the second race there, buddy, so. Yeah, so let's talk about to get that off my chest. So there. (laughs) Let's talk about Chase Briscoe. He takes the win, um, comes back after that frustrating first race, and uh man, uh he takes the win. That's his first win. We just talked about it. That was his first win since Cindric started winning his uh five races. So um now Chase Briscoe gets another one here. Yeah, he dominated 107 laps leading, so yep. And that was a backup car, as a matter of fact. He um, NASCAR decided that that had enough damage, so he could go out and run it on a on a backup car. And, well, they got one that they got that one hooked up really good. Yeah, I think they have a bunch of cars that are hooked up. It seems, um, you know, Ross Chastain. He uh, he won a, the first stage there. He comes to comes home second in this one. Austin Sindrick right there as well, third. Brandon Jones fourth and Daniel Hemrick. He could, uh, he needs a couple of good finishes there. He's uh he's your top five finisher. So um, yeah, Dover is always one that I enjoy watching and it didn't disappoint. You know, in the middle of that race, there was a tire penalty on uh, Allgaier where the, the tire actually rolled back across the front of the car, but it never made it out of the box. And the guy went over and he grabbed it. And he brought it back, and then uh, just that was one of those ball and strike calls 
but uh, the tires stayed in the box and they, he got a penalty for that. And I thought that was um, my, my view was, and it always has been, I think if a tire stays uh, within the, within the car on the right side, um, I thought that was a BS call on Justin Allgaier. I didn't think that should have been a penalty, but uh, they called it. So that, that made that. Yeah, that was uh that was a questionable one there too. Um, Justin Algar, he comes back to finish seventh, uh, last car in the lead lap there. Uh, but a good weekend for him and all in all, you know, he gets that win, gets it off his chest and uh, has a pretty darn good weekend. You know, they got that they, yeah, they got that uh, that orange square. That's where the cone is, and Harrison Burton hit that, you know, and he took all the uh, suspense out of it because he, when he turned the car so far left, he actually left a patch, a rubber patch, right across that, <laughs> across that, and uh, it was evidence that he uh, he missed that, and he got a penalty for that, and that knocked him out of the top ten finish. So that ruined his day, also. <laughs> Yeah, um, so there was also a couple of penalties from the weekend, too. Uh, Sindrick, Martins, and Herbst. Guess what it is? Uh, I, I don't know, buddy. Tell me, tell me. I'm in suspense. <laughs> uh, yeah, how about uh, loose love for those drivers? <laughs> yeah. um, so the Cup Series, right? It has a doubleheader. Um, first race here. Uh, stage one goes to Denny Hamlin. Stage two goes to Denny Hamlin. The race, Denny Hamlin. Um, could you expect anything else with the way the season's going? <laughs> Just like, you know, it seems like Harvick does that too. One, two, three, you know. But uh, Dover's one of those ones that's hard to pass at. You got you to gotta keep the uh, track position. So, um, yeah, Denny Hamlin had it all day, and he kept it. Yeah, so Martin Truex finishes second, Kyle Busch third. Um, there's a good finish for him. Kevin Harvick fourth, and Chase Elliott rounds out your top five there. Uh, Clint Boyer was sixth, Jimmy Johnson seventh. So, uh, And how about Ricky Stenhouse tenth uh, after the two Penske guys? Logano was eighth, and Kozlowski was ninth. How about uh, a couple of drivers there that you know need to get into the playoffs, need to have good days, and Clint Boyer and Jimmy Johnson do that, and – Stenhouse, uh, he's in the top 10 there. That team could use some luck, too. So some finishers up there that people really needed, you know? Yeah. You know, lap eight, uh, like we'll get back to where Kurt Busch got taken out, you know. Uh, Eric Jones just tucked up underneath him, and uh, and he turned him. And, and uh, Alex Bowman had some major front-end damage out of that wreck. A uh, little bit early to be aggressive on lap eight, but uh, it, it ended. It ended up uh, ended Kurt Busch's day here on lap uh, lap six. Yeah, and you know that was uh, that was really the only incident of the day. There, there was only four cautions, and that was the only one between drivers. The rest were um, stage engines, stage ends, and the competition cautions. So, um, but you know that affected Bowman a lot more than uh, people had thought because he comes back in race two and uh, shows off his talent. So, um, yeah, he had some damage on that as well. You know, the, I think the big highlight was is, uh, the in-car camera on Jimmy Johnson, and he was coming around turn three, and somebody decided that they were going to pit, and somehow he missed him, and he was hollering on the radio, who was that, who was that, and, and they never told him. Well, I 
actually went back to find out exactly who that was. And it was hard to find. But uh, I found out that that was Ryan Priest that he missed. That was uh, in the middle lane of turn four and decided to decide to pit from that position. But that was a close call. Holy smoke. That was very, very close. And, yeah, that was one of the times where I went to social media right away to see if anyone knew who that was. And a bunch of people found out right away. I was surprised because I was trying to stop it in slow mode, and I couldn't really tell. I knew it was a white and blue car. But uh, right away, uh, people were clamoring that it was uh, Ryan Priest. So, um, yeah, man, you're going so fast there and to have that happen. I, I don't know how he missed him. I don't know how he missed him. <laughs> I don't know that he was full blast. And, oh, if he would have hit him, that would have been catastrophic. He would have went, he would have went across the track. He would have had some major – that would have been a major incident if he would have tagged him. That would have been uh, very ugly, very, very ugly. Race two here. Um, tell me where you heard this before with uh, Denny Hamlin and Kevin Harvick. Uh, Kevin Harvick wins stage one. How about stage two and the race? So, uh, <laughs> um, you know, usually it's the other way around. They were saying how Kevin Harvick wins the first doubleheader of the weekend and then Denny Hamlin is the second. So uh, the four teams said, how about it's our time now to do this? So, um, boy, uh, it's hard to imagine these two not being in the final four, isn't it? It's, uh, it's going to be, a, it looks like right now it's going to be a two, two, car, two horse race. But uh, we'll see. Right now, it's, it's those two, and they've got their both acts together. So we'll see where it goes. Uh, Mark, Martin Truex was second, Jimmy Johnson third, William Byron fourth, and Alex Bowman fifth. So you have 300 cars up there. Um, you know, one thing we got to mention here, too, was that was uh, Ford's 700th Cup win. So they trail only Chevrolet. So – Pretty prestigious for Kevin Harvick to win that as well for them. Yep, yep. That's a lot of races to win. So, yeah, they mentioned that. So he gets his name on the 700th win there. Yeah, that's uh, that's unbelievable when you think about that. That is a, a ton, a ton of races. And I think Ford's at 791, I think. Um, Chevy's at 791 maybe, 790, something like that. So Ford's a, a little behind him there, but catching quickly here. Yeah, well. <laughs> got a long ways to catch up 90 races that's going to take a long time if at all yeah that's uh yeah you don't know but uh yeah Kevin, um, again the whole weekend Denny Hamlin Kevin Harvick um unbelievable you know that's they've they've been awesome uh the big incident was uh early on here Joey Logano gets into the back of Ricky Stenhouse Stenhouse goes around they collect Smithley Chase Elliott, Kyle Busch, Joey Gase. Um, in my opinion, a little early, uh, early to be racing like that. Yeah, I thought that was uh, a little bit early for that. And, you know, in my racing pool, I had Chase Elliott, and he was out, and I got mad and thought about going to go mow the lawn, say the heck with this. But uh, I thought about it a little bit longer. <laughs> I stayed with it. But, uh, yeah, my note says, well, Logano shines again. And, um, but, um, what, what, what can you do? Yeah. It doesn't take much to touch somebody to send them on their way. So it was what it was. 
Yeah, especially there coming off the corner. Uh, the back end gets super light there. So any any close call, any contact will spin you around in a quick hurry. Uh, unfortunate for Chase Elliott, he was one who was really fast on the first race there and was hoping to have a good second race. And unfortunate for him, unfortunate for Kyle, he had to run around again with a damaged car. Um, <laughs> rough year. Yeah, and in the middle of the race, they had to throw a red flag because the track was coming apart, and they knew about yeah. it. They knew about it earlier, and they, it's amazing how they can lay something down and it can dry that fast. Uh, talk about quick crete, holy smoke! But uh, um, yeah, they had to stop the race there uh, for a while, and then uh, after they got going, hey, how about that? Uh, how about that pit for Jimmy Johnson and the. Uh, the tire carrier was coming around the car and the hose got caught on the front end and he stopped to pull the hose and here come the jack man and the jack nailed it, <laughs> nailed it right in the ear. Wham! Here, have a jack right to the side of the head. But it uh, didn't phase him. He, he kept going, but uh, it was, uh, I guess it's comical because he didn't get hurt, but oh my God, here, you know, the, the jack man didn't expect him to stop and he got a jack right in the side of the head. Oh, can you imagine? <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, so, and then, uh, hey, Kevin Harvick, he uh, he now has uh, won the uh, uh, regular season, so he got an additional 15 points for the playoff points after this race. Yeah, and that's, uh, that's a big deal. Um, you know, some people say, oh, it's the regular season championship, but there's points involved, so that's a big deal. And then uh, did you did you see on Denny Hamlin that they talked about loose lug nut? Did you uh, catch any of that? Yeah, so they were looking over the uh, rear wheel tire there and uh, found a loose lug. So there was a bunch of guys with loose lugs uh, over this weekend, right? We mentioned a few in the Xfinity series. Uh, how about Denny Hamlin, Austin Dillon, Eric Jones, Matt Benedetto, Joey Logano, and Christopher Bell. They all had one loose lug. Hamlin's came on the first race where he won. So they were looking over that in, in victory lane and they actually showed it. And, you know, you wonder how can they tell if it's loose or not? You could tell it was almost all the way off. It was. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, that was, uh, they were looking over that and, you know, when they first put that out there on social media, people are wondering, well, is he going to get DQ'd? How many loose need to be for you to be disqualified? And it was just one, um, but one that you could definitely tell. But they made a comment about it that they don't torque on them or they don't, they just look at them and that nut has to be touching the tire, you know, so, or yeah. touching the rim itself. So that's, that answers our question of how we were trying to determine what's a loose lug nut. Now, that 11, uh, rear or back left tire, um, that was quite obvious. Yeah, you could actually see that it was on the end of the threads there. But, uh, you know, I got I got some I, – I kind of thought a little bit further about this and kind of think about this. And, uh, you know, when, uh, when them tires are going around on the right side, you know, the tires are moving at clockward, clockwise. You know, the tires are spinning clockwise as the left sides are turning counterclockwise. And when you're doing centrifugal force on those lug nuts, you would think that the left ones would loosen up just because of the centrifugal force if they weren't tight. I think, you know, I, if, I, if I was an inspector, I'd be going over to the left side. Now, they put that adhesive on those threads, and that might save 
might, that might save the uh, the nuts from uh, spinning right right off the threads. But I uh, I kind of did a deep think about that um, to see if that would uh, actually cause lug nuts to actually come off the way the tire spins clockwise or counterclockwise. Yeah, you got me there. Um, <laughs> anything technical, and I have to think about it for a little bit, but uh, that's some good knowledge from you, you know. That's something to think about. Well, I was. Um, I took a piece of paper, and I'm kind of spun around like I'm, I'm writing on paper, like tires going this way, but on the left side, they're going the opposite direction. What would that do to a lug nut as it's spinning at high speed, you know, and would that actually – how would that work on a loose lug nut? Would that actually uh, loosen up easier on the left side than it would be the right side? And I kind of sat and thought about that for a while and, um, you know, and uh, kind of came up with a consensus that I think the left sides would be more vulnerable the way that a, a tire spins. Uh, so something that I just kind of kind of thought about for a while and <laughs> see if I could get an answer on that. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's uh, if, if anyone knows, reach out to us and tell us more about it. We're always interested to know more about the technical side and find out what exactly happens. So, wow, that's uh, that's some good stuff there, man. Good thinking. You know, and you know, another thing from Dover that really surprised me of how many people that spun out, but they didn't wreck. You know, they, they spun, but they kept their wheel into it. And they and there was a lot of cars that actually because, you know, Dover is a self-cleaning racetrack. It just, you lose it, all of a sudden it's pitched so much and they end up going down and, and they wipe out. There was so many guys that actually, all three series, that lost it and never hit anything. And uh, that was amazing. I saw this whole last weekend. Yeah. Um, you know, you think back to Jimmy Johnson's, uh, was it like 2006, his spin in qualifying and somehow he kept it off the wall there and you know, you got the video of Jeff Gordon, you know, hooting and hollering because he can't believe he saved him. And, you know, there were some incidents this weekend that you thought, how did they not hit the wall? Yeah, yeah, it was some uh, good, maybe a little luck involved, but, uh, hey, them guys are good too. And uh, it was a more amazing that uh, I had to make a note of that saying, wow, you know, uh, they did a good job. And uh, it's amazing how much people use uh, that front end uh, to uh, move the air around on them small spoilers too. You know, all you got to do is drive up on somebody and uh, they're wicked loose. Um, it was quite obvious this week that if you wanted, instead of trying to pass somebody clean, you just drove up underneath them on the backside and just made them completely loose and on you go. <laughs> so it was amazing how much they can use air as a weapon. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It kind of reminds you of back in the olden days where people would do that quite a bit. Yeah, they all um, think that they're getting hit. You know, hey, he hit me, but then you look closer. No, he didn't. Close, down right on, right on him. And the driver thinks that he's getting moved, but he didn't get moved. It's it's the air that runs around on the back of that spoiler. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing how the air gets packed, packed underneath the car there. And, um, you know, the dirty air in front of you, too. It's <laughs> it's so technical. It's unbelievable. But let's get into uh, let's get in some points discussion here, just on the Cup Series. So you have three drivers that haven't um, got in as of yet. So 14th is Clint Boyer. He's positive 57. Matt Benedetto is positive nine. Boy, has he lost a ton of ground here as of late. Mm. William Byron um, is positive five. 
So they're in if it would have ended at Dover. Jimmy Johnson is 17th. He's minus five. And Eric Jones is minus 50 and 18th. Uh, here we go. Let's talk about Daytona a little bit. We're going into a restrictor plate race. Drafting. Uh, is a teammate going to help someone? How do you determine that? I mean, this is going to be wild. Well, that's Daytona for you. Hopefully you don't get into the big one, you know, but uh, everybody knows that's going to be the big one in there. <laughs> It'll, uh, we'll see. There's, there's a lot of luck involved with that. You can't control when somebody loses it up in front of you and you end up getting collected in it. So there's, there's luck involved here. So. Oh, no doubt. But let's talk about how wild it's going to be. I mean, you guys have guys, you know, Jimmy Johnson, you know, some of these guys might want to ride a little bit until the end, or at least, you know, not race until the end of the stage. Uh, Boyer and, and especially Matty D, William Byron, Jimmy Johnson, they can't afford to do that. They need to be up there all race long, getting stage points and putting themselves in the best position possible. So it's going to, you know, it's going to, it's going to be crazy for this to be the cutoff race. We talked about it before the start of the season on our first podcast. It is, it's going to be wild. It's going to be something that I'm going to be watching all day. It's going to be crazy. Well, it's going to be fun to watch. Well, those three that they're, the 21, the 24, to 48, what happens if somebody outside the top 16 wins? Well, then two of them are going to end up getting taken out because so let's say Matt Kenseth comes up and wins the race. <laughs> uh, let's, we're hoping, right? But anyway, um, two of those three are going to get, uh, are going to be taken out. So they're racing each other. It comes down to uh, De Benedetto, Byron, and Johnson. They actually have to, one of them has to beat the other two to get in and then and then hope that somebody doesn't win outside the top 16. Yeah, it's uh, – I, I mean, I'm looking forward to it because it's going to be wild. I don't know how it would feel if I was those guys going into Daytona and having to finish well, but, uh, you know, you put yourself in that position all year round. So you think about a guy like Jimmy Johnson especially, right? You think he gave up 40-some, 50-some points for the Coca-Cola 600 after his second place was disqualified. And he also missed a race due to COVID. That could be 80 to 100 points. He would be sitting pretty good right now if those things hadn't had happened. So it's going to be tough if he misses it. And he spotted these guys some races. They, uh, they're kind of – some of these guys are fortunate that that happened. Yeah, well, you know, he's had some bad luck, and but he's been fast. But it, it comes down to this week, and he's got to shine. This is – and Daytona is a hard place. You got to do it. So, well, good luck to all of them, guys. We'll see what happens on Saturday. Yep, we'll definitely be watching here, Mark. And let's not forget the Indy 500 was this Sunday as well, and that was uh, that was quite the race. Yeah, I had a recording <laughs> recording one channel and watching racing on another. So, yeah, there was a lot of racing going on uh, all weekend. Uh, but uh, yeah. What an interesting Indy 500. Holy smokes, that was worth watching. Yeah, you know, Scott Dixon dominated the whole race, but he didn't take home the win. There was a late caution, and I don't know if Scott could have got back to, to Kumasato or not or got around him. I I don't personally don't think he would have, but it would have been close. But there was a caution, and uh, uh, IndyCar hit the pit lane wall there, ricocheted back out. 
and they just couldn't get the race back started in time. There was going to have to be repairs made to the wall. I personally agree with the call only because that's how IndyCar has kind of always done it. You know, those races can end under caution. I know there's a lot of fans saying they should have red flagged it and tried to go green-white checker, but IndyCar has never really done that, so I can't fault them for keeping it status quo and doing that, but uh, always a great race to watch. You know, we always talk about it on Memorial Day Sunday, that Sunday of Memorial Day weekend, and what a great day that is, but, you know, I didn't know how we would feel with it going on, and all of a sudden it got to be going on, and it felt like the Indy 500. It was a good thing to watch. Yeah, that was Spencer Pagot that uh, hit that hit that wall, um, and he ended up taking a ride to the hospital. I haven't heard what his results were, but uh, he was definitely shaken up. Figure he kind of hit that wall at uh, probably sideways about 100 miles an hour, so it was a nasty wreck there on the end of the wall. That would have took a lot long time to fix that wall, and I don't know how Indy cars. Uh, react to being shut down for uh, for a while with a heat cycle and stuff like that. And I've seen some uh, remarks back and forth about it. I, I think it was the right call. And so, you know, there was a lot of cars that ran through a lot of debris uh, through that section too like that, and that could have caused even more issues. Yeah, Spencer Piggott, he was actually driving as a teammate to Takumo Sato and Graham Rahal in the uh, Rahal-Letterman-Lanigan racing he was last year and the few years prior running that ed carpenter racing machine but spencer piggott yeah good good to see he was actually able to get out of the car and uh at least be alert in the wake and uh we'll see we'll hear some more from him hopefully but uh what an event takuma sato now is a two-time indy 500 champion so that's pretty cool um you know the milk and everything and to see what roger penske put into that place already is quite quite the thing yeah, he elevates the winner up to the second story, you know. And we were there, you know, a few years back when we did a tour there and um, standing by Winter Circle. Well, now there's a lift there that takes them up to the second floor. So that's pretty cool. So more more exposure to the winner. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm excited to see what happens with that place and, and the IndyCar series going forward with Roger Penske being at the helm. Yeah. Hey, all in all, a very exciting race. Uh, sure looks like a lot of, uh, um, they look like a snake going down the straightaways, you know. They, they're, they're using the, the draft, and then they kind of shotgun. It looks like they take a shotgun to the outside, and then they get a run on it. So, um, yeah, very interesting uh, race. And, boy, when they wrecked there, they wrecked hard. There was a lot of grinding crashes like years ago, I don't think – some of them drivers would have walked away from those and uh, pretty much everybody was safe out of all them uh, nasty looking crashes. Yeah, there were some hard hits and glad to see everyone was, was okay. You know, uh, uh, the first thing that happened too, which was kind of weird is that brake rotor or that brake problem on James Davidson's car. Rick Ware racing actually had a, uh, a car in the field this year and James Davidson, he's raced the Indy cars before in Indy 500 that brake problem and also the, the rotor or caliper just exploded and there was a big fire there. You see how hot that looked like that was in there. There's, I don't know if the brake was hung up or whatever, but that thing was super hot. And then finally, once when it came to a, it collapsed on itself and then, and then they said, Oh, now the car's on fire and that tire's on fire, you know, 
uh, try to get him out of there. That, that's uh, they got that fire out pretty easily. I I thought that'd take a little bit more when you got a tire burning like that. Yeah, and you know the thing about the fires too, with that windshield and uh, windscreen, they call it. It takes a little bit longer for the drivers to get out of there. So it was good to see everyone get out, but it was kind of scary watching people sit in there a little longer than normal with the fire going on. Yeah, it takes a little bit more to get out of there. Um, I thought I see that you know when uh, a crew member got hit on pit road, um, and uh, they give you a stop and go penalty for hitting a crew member. I mean, it's bad enough if you hit somebody, and then they turn around and give you a uh, a stop and go penalty. I thought well, that's uh, that's a little bit different than what you see in NASCAR. Yeah, you know, that happened a few years back, too. I think it was uh, Will Power who ended up hitting, just brushing his crew guy. Um, and I say brush, but it was still, you know, <laughs> they're still pulling in there. There's no thing as a, as a brush per se, but didn't, you know, didn't even really knock the guy over. He was on his knees and just barely, barely hit him. But he got a stop and go penalty for that. And that's the way they've always worked. If you run over an air hose or an air gun, that's a stop and go penalty. It's, it's always been that way. So yeah, it's a little different, but you know, uh, it's put in place for a reason and we'll see, like I said, we'll see what happens with Roger Penske at the helm. Maybe some things get changed. Yeah. That was Rhinus VK that, uh, that did that. And then he was pinched up against the wall and you were just wondering if there was a crew member in, in between there, but uh, luckily, nobody got nobody got hurt out of that that I saw. But, but uh, yeah, he ended up with a stop and go penalty. So uh, <laughs> too bad for him. And another one was Alexander Rossi when he was coming out of the pit, and they said that was um, an unsafe uh, um, unsafe release. And he ended up making contact, and he there was no way that he could see that, um, and he ended up getting a a lap penalty, and he ended up into the back. And then, well, that put him in offense, and he uh, got a little bit loose out of two, and he clobbered the wall, and that was that was the end of his day. But uh, I thought that was a, a, an interesting penalty also on pit road also. Yeah, they've always had that too. If I'm not mistaken, he actually got up into Takuma Sato on pit lane, and they put him to the back, and he had to come his way back through. And you know, that dirty air, especially with those Indy cars, that really plays a huge, huge factor. It's noticeable, you know, as in, in a in a NASCAR car or a, a stock car, it's not as, as noticeable, you know, but you can see the cars really slide and stuff when they're back in the field in an Indy car. And a lot of guys had problems out of that same turn where they would get loose and pancake that wall. And uh, Rossi was no exception to that. He was a man possessed. Once when I restart, he took four cars going into turn three. He jostled this way and that way, and it's just like, holy smokes, you know. And uh, <laughs> the announcers were really getting into it, just like. But then uh, later on, uh, yep, just one little slip, and you end up out of the lane, and you're you're off to the wall there. So not too bad for him. So yeah, the penalty cost him the race, and then he ended up wrecking it out. Yeah, and you know, speaking about getting out of the groove and stuff, back in 2011, I believe it was, it was the year that Dan Weldon won his second Indy 500. Uh, J.R. Hildebrand was leading, and on the final lap in turn three and, and four, he caught a lap car and went to the outside to try to get by him and got outside the groove, and it didn't work. He actually slammed the wall, so his car's in pieces as he's going down the front stretch, 
and Dan Weldon got by him. It was a fuel strategy kind of deal, and Dan Weldon got by him, won the race, but J.R. Hildebrand still finished second with his car in pieces, and that just says if you get outside of that groove just a little bit, uh, it's game over. Yeah, yeah. I, I do remember that memories of Indy uh, back in the day. Yep, one little, just a little bit out of that groove, and uh, I, you're in no man's land. Yeah, that wall's always waiting for you right there. Well, and you know, it's such a quick decision and something like that where if you wait on the guy, does the guy still behind you catch it? I think he would have been able to win if he waited in that instance, but it's a hard decision to, to do if, you know, one corner, you don't think if you back it down a little bit and go to the outside, you'll be okay. But he wasn't and settled for second and Dan Weldon went on to win. And looking back, you know, Dan lost his life a few months later. It's weird how things work out. Yeah, I've, I run the Indy car at a little bit on the uh, iRacing, and I don't know how them guys do that. Talk about things happening so fast, and you have to make such quick decisions, and, you know, something can go wrong really fast. And, you know, hats off to them guys. Uh, they uh, they do a good job, but that's high-speed stuff that they're playing with there. Yeah, and, you know, I have raced the Indy car once, and it was at Richmond, and I remember saying to the guys on there, I said, hey, this is my first IndyCar race. If you uh, get near me, I'll just let you go by. And all of them went, oh, no. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah, it's challenging. You and I have practiced on there many a times. You Have you raced one at all? No, I have not. I have come close, thought about it, uh, probably was on the – the verge of losing a license for points and everything. So I decided not to, uh, not to dabble in it. I need more seat time in IndyCar. Yeah. And it, yeah, it worked out. Okay. I, I was okay. I think I went a lap or two down, but yeah, things happen super, super quick in those things. Yeah. I don't know how they do it. No, um, crazy. Yep. Gotta be a special breed to drive them. And Hey, Jimmy Johnson seems like he uh, wants to dabble in that. So, uh, more power to him. Yeah, it sounds like Jimmy wants to do a full road slash street course season. So run the street and road courses with them. So we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, well, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see what happens. You know, everybody every once in a while wants to dabble in it. I, I think Kyle Busch someday you might find in an Indy car. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, they're talking about the crossover and trying to get guys to do the Indy 500. I wouldn't be surprised if Kyle tries it one time. Uh, Kurt had some success, so maybe he tries it again. And maybe a few others. You never know. Yeah, yep. So, I don't know. Make it go where they can go, you know. So, I don't know. I, must, uh, I wouldn't go to IndyCar if I was driving stock car. <laughs> that's, my, that's my point of view. Yeah, the, the older I get, the more and more I get into other forms of racing, like IndyCar, Formula One. I get more and more, even uh, IMSA or, uh, you know, cars like that. Uh, so I'm getting more and more into it, but yeah. Well, let's get into some news as well here. Um, there was some news that Justin Marks, who has raced uh, a little bit, uh, road course guy too, might be starting a, or he is going to start a uh, cup team. Something interesting with that is uh, he has a close relationship with Kyle Larson. Uh, they started um, Larson Marks Racing on the Dirt Series. 
is that a way that Kyle Larson can get back into the Cup Series? Maybe uh, it's possible. They said he's ready, um, ready to be reinstated, and he can come back. Uh, still going to come down to uh, getting a sponsor or manufacturer that'll back him. So, but well, that's uh, uh, that might be a way to get himself back in. Yeah, um, some more Darlington paint schemes have been coming in. I saw Tyler Reddix. Uh, he is throwing it back to the old eight Raybestos Jeff Burton car. That was pretty sharp. Jimmy Johnson has released his. It's a combination between Richard Petty and Dale Earnhardt. That one holds a special place in my heart. Uh, there's a few others that have been released that looked really spectacular. Uh, Joey Logano is throwing it back to Bobby Allison's High Life car that had the star after the number. So there's been some paint schemes that have come out recently that look really sharp for that. They do a good job on that. Uh, that that's nice that they do something like that that brings back old memories. And Hey, some of them old paint jobs, they look really cool. Yeah, and, you know, uh, Cole Custer tested a next-gen car at Dover. So they're, they're back to doing that a little bit. So Corey LaJoy and Go Fast are going to split after the season. It was announced, a uh, mutual decision, they said. Uh, he was on with Claire B. Lang last night, and some people thought he sounded like he had something in the running. Some people thought he didn't. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. You know, he wrote that letter to Hendrick earlier in the year to be in the 48. Uh, doesn't sound like that's going to be the case, but uh, Corey LaJoy, hopefully he finds something. And we'll, it'll be curious to see what Go Fast does, too, because they have that uh, alliance with Stuart Haas, right? So uh, maybe they put someone... Uh, in there, in there from Stuart Haas, that's with there right now. Maybe uh, Chase Briscoe or maybe someone else that they're looking at. Yeah, well, silly season's starting to roll here. It's middle of summer, so yep, all the rumors are starting to fly and cards are starting to fall this way and that way. It's typical, that's what starts this time of year. Yep, yep, here we go. We thought maybe late August, early September, so we're at that time and things are going to start falling here. Well, and you know something else just came down here uh, within the last few hours. Greg Biffle will be making his return to the truck series at Darlington in the GMS number 24 truck. So how about that? The Biff. Yeah. And if I remember right, I think he gets around Darlington really well. So that would be a good pick. Last time he was in a truck, uh, he won in a Kyle Busch uh, vehicle, I believe. That was at Texas, correct? That sounds about right, yeah. The Biff. Yeah. yeah, I heard he's talking about trying to get back into racing full-time next year. That I heard that rumor uh, a little while ago. Well, that'd be all right. That'd be another driver to, to look out for. Uh, no matter what series it's in, you know, maybe it won't be at the Cup Series. Maybe it'll be at a lower series. And, you know, he's also raced those stadium trucks, too, at Road America. So he's kind of gone all over now. Hmm. Yeah. Um, it was kind of strange how he uh, um, just kind of disappeared. I guess uh, you get you get to a certain age and all of a sudden they just kind of like uh, want younger, younger talent, I guess. So, but uh, yeah, that's good news. Um, I'm sure, he, you know, Greg Biffle's always been a good wheel man. So uh, uh, he, he was even around when uh, I racing too. He uh, got in there just a little bit too. So yeah, he's still around. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's right. He did do uh, an iRacing race or two when that was going on. Um, 
Well, I think that's all we had for news here. So kind of a, a short news week. Uh, there's some rumors floating out there too, but we'll give you that when we have more concrete information. You know, uh, we appreciate you listening. Make sure you follow Double L Sports Network on Facebook and Twitter. That is LL Space Sports Space Network. That's on Facebook. And then LL Sports Network on Twitter. We post all the podcasts there, some information, some other posts on there. So uh, look out for that. Make sure you follow us, like us, and there will be more content coming on the way. And, you know, football's right around the corner too, so I think we're going to do a football podcast, me and another guy. So look out for that. And, Mark, as always, thanks for joining. We'll see you tonight, hopefully, at Wisconsin International Raceway for the uh, Summer's Memorial Night and have some fun out there. Yeah, we got a little sprinkle going on going on here, but that's supposed to clear off, and there's going to be a window window out there, so uh, we should be able to get her in. They're going to hurry the show along a little bit. I see they kind of change the schedule around a little bit, but hey, we should be able to get her in. So yeah, man, I'll see you out the track a little in a little bit. All right, thanks, buddy, and uh, thanks everyone for listening. We'll talk to you soon. See ya.